don't know how smooth this is going to be, but hopefully it's at least authentic and heartfelt. And I'm a very rational person. I think very sequentially. I like to think logically. My wife might say otherwise, but I like to think that I'm logical. And you know what? Last week, I didn't pray. I just got convicted. Maybe that's our first miracle for the day. Do you mind if we pray for a second? Yeah. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for another day that you've given all of us men. You've given it to us to enjoy. You've given it to us so that we could be here now. But Lord, more than that, you've given it to us so that we can do something. We can be a light to your world. And we just praise you for that. We ask you for your spirit. We ask you just walk with us to correct us, to show us what we can do to love others today. And Lord, for these next few minutes, I just ask for your hand of mercy. Lord, give me the words that I need. Fill in the gaps where I've left them. We love you, Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I come from California. I know, please don't. <laughs> wait, wait, we got a clap? We got a clap or was that a, that was a mistake? Okay. So I come from California. I grew up on the left coast. And when I was 18 years old, if you would have said, Jesse, are you a liberal? What would I have said? No, I'm not a liberal. If you would have given me a quiz, what would I have been? Pretty liberal, yeah, pretty liberal in many ways, not always. I was not born into a church home. I was not a believer in any way, shape, or form. I was not a believer in any way, shape, or form. I might have been a partial moralist, right? I had a very strong moral compass on certain things. Everything else, <laughs> it was the Wild West. And that was what I was taught as well by some of the adult figures in my life. And they weren't trying to do harm, but I had advice like, you know, always make sure that you live with a woman before you marry her. You know, you gotta make sure the sex is good. Okay, so you gotta get an idea of what I'm growing up with and what my thoughts are. So fast forward, I started reading the Bible. And by the way, today's topic is on miracles, and so you'll see where I'm going here in a second. I started reading the Bible, and I did not read the Bible because God gave me some conviction to say, man, God, I gotta know more about you. Jesus, who is this Jesus character? I started reading the Bible for two reasons. I traveled about 150 to 200 days a year as a young investigator. I was about 23 years old traveling the country as an investigator. I stayed in Marriott's all the time. And in the drawer was the Gideon Bible. And so I was kind of bored. You could only watch the same movie so many times. I also love literature. I love Western lit. And so if you don't know much about the Bible, Western literature, you start reading about this job guy. It just doesn't make a lot of sense, right? So I thought, ah, oh, that'll help me with my reading. I think I was, you know, I don't know. I read a lot of books. So I won't even say what I was reading then. But I also, part two, I wanted to know my enemy. I wanted to know my enemy and put you in, in time context, political context here. This is when Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House. And remember, we had the contract with America and there was a group out of Georgia led by a Christian guy. Moral majority. Yeah, it was something like that, right? And so that was my enemy. And I didn't think of them as people I hated, but it was my adversary. And so what do you do when you have an adversary? You study them. You get to know them. And so I started reading the Bible, just like anybody who doesn't know how to read the Bible reads the Bible. And I would just get it out and I would open it. And I would go to a chapter you know, head and just start reading it. And I'll just be blunt with you. When you read it that way, it's crazy. You know, and God told Jericho, smite all that is living. You know, women, children, animals. And you read that as a non-believer out of context and you're like, what do these people believe? I also grew up with all the crazy Christians. Like if there are crazy Christians in America, they lived in my city. And I'm being a little bit facetious, but they were obnoxious. Very anti-relational as they preached this relationship God. Very much about, Nick, do you know what you're going to do if you die on the way home in a car accident? Where are you going, buddy? I'm 14 years old. I don't really care. <laughs> 
It doesn't matter. And, and what these folks didn't know is that they didn't know me because I'm also, I can lack grace at times, right? And so if you tell me, in fact, here's a story. When I was 14, freshman high school, after football season, my band leader, because I was in marching band and I played football. I know that's an enigma, but I loved both of them. And he said, it's one or the other. You either play band or you play football. Here's what's interesting. I love football. Love, love football. But I actually loved playing the clarinet, of all things, even more. I love music. If he didn't give it to me as an ultimatum, do you know what I would have probably chose? The clarinet. Once he gave it to me as an ultimatum, how easy was that choice? I will always choose the other, right? So again, I'm kind of giving this testimony. Fast forward. I put my faith in Jesus Christ when I was 33 years old. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Are there miracles? Are miracles true? That's the question. Dr. Charles Cooper said, if you are a believer, miracles are true. There are miracles, right? The follow-up question is, do miracles still happen today? So are you a continualist or are you a cessationist? Have they stopped with the death of the last apostle, which would be a cessationalist, or do they continue today? So Tom talked about his miracles, and he talked about his unmiracle. He talked about how the guy next to him, his sight was restored, but Tom still wears a brace. Cooper also talked about miracles being personal. And here's what's interesting. My miracle is extremely personal. My miracle is that this very hard-hearted, very rationalistic person who basically is an investigator, show me, right? I need to see it. I need to understand it. I'm a researcher. That's what I do. Actually put his faith in a God that we cannot physically see. Is that a miracle to other people? Is that a miracle to my father? My father, I grew up in a scientist household. My father has a doctorate and a diplomat in neurology. It's not a miracle to him. There's a cause and effect. I'm telling you what, I live that story. It's a miracle to me. So does it matter if anybody else believes it? No. Again, let me show you the other side of Jesse. I could give a flip. If you say, Jesse, that's not a miracle. That happens billions of times a day. Okay. Guess what? It is unnatural that I, with who I was, who I am really, what I was born to be and what I was born into, would come to a place where I would become a believer in Christ. And not just a believer in my home, but a believer out in the church, a believer here at Ironman. Does this make sense? All right. I want to read you something really quickly. So last semester, well, spring semester, I taught an apologetics class at a local Christian school. And one of the topics we talked about is miracles, right? I always find that interesting because, again, I've never seen, like, somebody's blindness be healed. I've just never seen that. I've only had my own, I was going to say small experience, but becoming a believer, I think, is probably pretty big. So I asked that question, are there miracles? And I had them write papers. And I want to read two of these to you. First one, based on personal experience from my life and others around me, miracles are very possible. When I was little, I fell on concrete and hit my head. My heart stopped. I was supposed to die. My parents just started praying over me and I ended up being healed. My mom was healed from stage four breast cancer. My brother was healed from autism. I've seen people being healed all around me and there is no other explanation except God was performing every single miracle in our life. It's beautiful, but here's another. And this is from a pastor's daughter. Faith is solid. She was one of the few in the class that we could really kind of dialogue on apologetics. Miracles are not possible for three reasons. They are not seen in everyday life. Those who claim to have witnessed a miracle could be lying. That spoke to me as an investigator. Everybody could be lying, right? And if something happens, that means it's possible. Therefore, make it not a miracle. These are two people who claim the same faith. 
who follow the same God. And I will tell you, they both follow that God well. They're young 17-year-old female students, and they're devout. This one, her father's a pastor. Great apologetics. Pause for a second. Let those two stories from two believers sink in. Is it obvious why we need to be able to answer this question as a testimony, as part of our apologetics? We need to be able to answer the question, are miracles true? But we need to be able to answer it in a way that the audience that we're speaking to can understand it. If you were talking to young Jesse, 25-year-old Jesse, and I read that first one, do you know where my brain would have gone? People grow out of autism all the time. I know that from the research. I have a daughter who is on the spectrum. People's hearts stop and it starts. That happens. There are natural reasons for that. I would have, my brain would have gone there all the time. Her testimony would not have been effective on me. Interestingly, Jesse today, her testimony rocked my world. I loved reading it. So I just want you to hear those two perspectives and let that sink in. And I want to close with this. The part of Cooper's message that just grabbed me and absolutely just, I, I held on to is this. I'm going to read it. Coop said, you have to train faith just like a muscle. You remember that? You have to give it resistance. Every day that you live, you've got to decide where are you going to step out of that boat and into faith. You have to be willing to attempt to set aside natural law. You have to be willing to attempt to set aside natural law. If you don't, you die with the same seed of faith that you had when you were given salvation. That seed doesn't grow if you don't work it. So imagine this group of men right here. Look around at the faces in front of you and around you. This group of men. Imagine that starting today and every day after this, we just step out a little bit. Last night I stepped out and I prayed for a miracle for a friend of mine whose father is on his last leg with COVID. If his lungs don't start working, it's not good. This man is about 59 years old. He's a great man, great testimony. I think it's the first time I've ever prayed for a miracle. And what I was hoping God would do, I was hoping that on the way here this morning, I'd get a text from my buddy Joel and he'd say, do you know what happened with my dad? Oh my goodness, I don't know what happened, but it's a miracle. I didn't get that text, but who knows? I might, I haven't gotten another text. I didn't get that one, but guess what? Every day that we wake up, we realize God has given us another day. We can actually pray for something that it goes against natural law. Not just because we want some man to live, but because that man's life makes a difference in other people and he is a light in this world and we don't want to see that light put out yet. Would you be willing to do that with me, men? You guys want to pray this one out real quick? Father God, thank you for these last few minutes. Thanks for filling in those gaps. You are a good God. Even just saying that feels, it actually feels silly because it's just so... You don't have to say that you're a good God. You just are. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you gave us your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that it was his life and his death, his resurrection, and his continuing to be by your side today that we can live the lives that you've given us. Father God, I just pray for each one of these men as I look at them. And I just ask you, Father, that you would give them your spirit, Lord, that they would wake up in the morning, that they would thank you for your mercies, that they would pray big. None of this weak stuff, none of this stuff that makes really no difference, Lord, but that they would pray prayers that would change this world in palpable ways. And Father God, this is an extra, just ask you for encouragement. I ask you that when we don't wake up and pray, Lord, you would prompt us. When prayers are answered, Lord, that you would show us. And Lord, that when we need encouragement, you would just step in right there and encourage us. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. It is in your name that we pray. Amen.